Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. As Pastor Caitlin makes her way to the stage, why don't we just honor the gift that God has placed within her? Oh, no, no, no. Come on. (laughs) We love you, Pastor Caitlin. All right. We're in week three of grace. Take us there, babe. Is there more? Grace? Yes, can I have that, Kenny? Week four, is there a week four? Oh, you spec there will be. Well, maybe there will be. Hold on, let me get my stuff set up. Yeah, that's fine. I've been more comfy down there. Been more comfy. I need three waters. This is this is hydration at its finest. Carrie asked me for my scriptures. I said, on your toes. <laughs> I don't know. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, our printer is not printing, so I'm going to have to use my computer. hope you don't think I'm just cheating or something. Cheating. I'm using the Bible. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so we're going to continue talking about grace today. Are you guys excited? Have you been learning anything about grace? Are you excited about grace? Has it changed anybody? Has it changed your life a little bit? Just how you think about yourself, how you think about the Lord, how you relate to yourself. I know that that's really, really, um, it's a hard switch to switch over and think about yourself and think about uh, God differently, but it's important to do because we don't want to stay in a place that the Lord does not want us, right? Right? Amen? Okay, so what is grace? Let's just go over it one more time. Grace is God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor. And what does grace do? What can grace do? It can, and it does, enable us to live a new life in Christ. And so a new life in Christ is what we're all striving to uh to live. We don't want to live the old life that was not in Christ, right? Because that's, we want to be in Christ. And so we need to um, know all of the things that surround that in Christ, right? We want to know and have that revelation so that we can uh, be fully in the will of God, so we can have um, intimacy with God, so that we don't have to put up our own wall against God, right? Because sometimes we do that we put ourselves down and say, shame, shame, instead of God saying, God's never going to say shame, shame. Like, he's not, he's not shame. He does not shame you. Um, and so we put that shame on ourselves, and we kind of build our own wall and say, hey, uh, I, you can't, I can't talk to you, or you don't want to talk to me because I did this thing or I acted this way. That's not what the Lord's saying. You're making that up for him. You know what assuming does? It's not good. I assume you know what it means. <laughs> but so first week, we're going to just do a little recap. So if you weren't here, maybe you'll get a little, little something, something. The first week, we talked about that grace isn't because I'm good. It's because I'm his. So if you have, um, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you confess him uh, with your mouth as your savior, you're his, and it's not, none of, none of it is because you're good. You didn't do it. You didn't earn it. You can't earn it. You can never earn it. It's not earnable. <laughs> it's not, uh, can't get the right tokens. It's, <laughs> you know, whenever you play a token game and you have to have the right to, anyway. Sorry. I just thought I'm to Chuck E. Cheese. I worked there once, so that's fun. <laughs> just tidbit. But you can't earn it. And so it's not because 
I was good or I did anything to earn salvation and blessing and his love and his deliverance and his healing and his protection, all of the things that come with being in Christ, right? I didn't do anything to earn it. It's not because I was good. It's because I'm yours. I'm his. So remember, write it down. Say it out loud. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you are confessing the word of God, even principles of the word of God, that's going to change your life. It might not happen overnight. It might take some work. You, you want to get out of, you want the Lord to, which sometimes it happens. He sometimes delivers people quickly of things, very quickly. But you want the Lord to deliver you out of a mess that you've been making over 20, 20 years, 15 years, five years, three years. But you have to work sometimes, and he is there to help you, and he's given you all of these tools, and his grace is unchanging, right? His grace is there. You never can go past too far. can't go too far for God to get you, right? He's going to leave the 99 for the one. It's, it's, yeah. Yes, absolutely. He did, right? He already left, and he got us, and we are the one. And sometimes we, we're out there doing our thing, and he's coming looking for us. And he says, I, my grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> All right, so Nat, last week we talked about that we're not righteous. We talked about righteousness and that we're not righteous by our performance but by our position. So our position with the Lord as his children, if you, if, it, if, you, if you have accepted him and believed on Jesus, you have righteousness accounted to you, put into your account, and he took all that sin on himself on that cross, right? So today we're going to talk about grace again, and again, it feels like, well, what else is there, right? <laughs> And so I keep thinking, I'm like, this is, is this all the same things and we're just saying it different ways? <laughs> but it's all good and it's all things that you need to know you need to get down here, right? And so hearing it, hearing something a different way or hearing something, again, it's not a bad thing, right? So you're like, oh, I already know this. So don't check out, check in and uh, take some notes. Note takers are world changers? I don't know. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> now it is. It's, I did this. I made this up. Um, so we're going to talk about the word, first of all, um, immutable. Have you guys ever heard of the word immutable? Well, yes. The, the star pupil in the front knows the word immutable. <laughs> okay, well, have you heard of, like, mutant? Or, like, there was a show, I mean, they made a movie, like, a few years ago, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? So they mutate, Right? They mutate from a turtle into a, oh, God, you guys are so smart, <laughs> into a ninja. So if God is immutable, he is not able to change. He is not able to change. He is unchanging. And even in Malachi 3, 6, it says, for I, the Lord, do not change. And that's kind of, sometimes we're like, uh, but didn't you? Like, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament God, right? <laughs> sometimes I feel like that. I'm like, but. <laughs> but, you know, I think that, I mean, as we study and we ask questions, if you, if you have questions about that, because sometimes I come up and I'm like, I literally am in my Bible sometimes, and I'll just put like a giant, like, question mark. Like, what is this? <laughs> So if you have those questions, you can always come to us. We have a midweek gather group with our star people here, uh, our teacher, our, our great teacher and founder here, um, and he can answer a lot of those questions. And sometimes he answers, and you don't like the answer. That's me. <laughs> you don't like it. But it, it, is, it does help, right, <laughs> to get the answer, not just to be in the dark. Sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to know that. Let's just pretend. No. But it's good to know, to study, and to, um, it's important. So if you have questions, literally have questions, like make yourself question things. I know that the church has shamed a lot of people for having questions. Like, no, this is just how you do it. You just tithe and that's it. You don't have a question about it. But if you have questions about stuff, if you have questions about anything, like 
go to the word, find the word. If you need help, ask. Like that's, there should be no shame and there should be no quieting of people or, you know, um, hush, hush, like just get in line. That's not, that's not the church we are. I mean, that's not the church the body of Christ should be. We should be all about um, lifting people up and studying and learning together, right? All right. I'm glad we all agree on that. Numbers 23, 19 also talks about God not being able to change. He's unable to change, and he's unable to lie. And so God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? So all these things in the word, we can expect to see them come to pass if they have not already, right? There was um, hundreds, I don't know, star people. How many prophecies were there about Jesus? Uh, over a thousand, like he didn't know the exact one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> over a thousand. There was many, many prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, and he fulfilled them all. And so what the Lord has said will come to pass, right? And so you can hold on to that for your, uh, that for your life. If you have uh, something that the Lord has said to you, you hold on to that. Because what he said will come to pass, right? That's just an extra little tidbit. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Um, Jesus as our high priest and grace as our anchor. So grace has to become our anchor in life. And how many people can say that grace is our anchor right now? A couple? Okay, a few. Maybe it tries to be. (laughs) It's like uh, halfway. Um, So if you turn to Hebrews 6.13, we're going to look at that passage. Oh, I have it right here in a real Bible. And it says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, remember he can't lie, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability, see y'all know a new vocab word there, of his counsel, his unchanging counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So that's a lot of words, right? Sorry. That's a lot of words. But God made a promise to Abraham. And because there was no one greater than himself, he made a covenant. He said, I'm going I'm to make the Abraham. Okay, so there's, there's three covenants, right? So let's just talk about this. There's three covenants. So there's the Abrahamic covenant between God and Abraham, but he had to, God had to stand in for Abraham because that was the example of our new covenant. Does that make sense? Everyone say yes, if it makes sense. No, if it doesn't. (laughs) All right, we'll come back. I don't, he's throwing me off, man. The Mosaic covenant was the, the, um, covenant that Abraham, God made with Moses, and that is the works. That's the works covenant and the sacrifices. Y'all know about the sacrifices. They had to sacrifice goats and bulls and rams and, and bring sacrifices to the temple and have the high priest sacrifice for them. That was that. That was, that. That was the Old Testament covenant. But the Abrahamic covenant was an example of what we have today. He was showing Abraham what was to come with Jesus, right? And that's how I, I, I heard this all my life when, when it talks about Abraham. It was accounted to Abraham for righteousness because he had faith. He saw the day. He saw Jesus' day. And I never understood it like, oh, he, God made him righteous <laughs> right there. 
I never understood it. I never, I just, I was like, oh, something cool happened. I don't know what, I just didn't think it through. Do you ever, y'all ever do that? <laughs> you just don't think it through, you're like, yeah, that's cool. And then somebody, somebody comes along and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I've heard that my whole life, but now that's, it's clicking, right? And so the Abraham, the covenant between God and Abraham was an example of what we have now. We have a better covenant now, right? And what makes it better? What make, Yes, better promises, better covenant. And what makes it better? Anybody know? I mean, obviously we have Jesus, so that's great. And the Holy Spirit, that's amazing. But you know, what made it better, what made it, is that he, Jesus is now our high priest forever. And that it, doesn't, it didn't just cleanse our sin, it covered our sin. And he forgot, he, he, he doesn't even remember your sin. So God is not concerned about your sin. He want, he's concerned about your heart and where you're at. And he's always, that's why he's always chasing, chasing, chasing after you. He's like, stop looking at your sin. Stop looking at the shame. Stop looking at this condemnation. Stop looking everywhere else and just look at me. So let's go and look at this. I'm kind of hopping around, so just forgive me because I got to find. So Hebrews uh, 10, 13, uh, 10, 11. And it says, every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Do you guys, do you guys recognize? <laughs> Jesus, God is cool. He's really awesome. <laughs> I'm going to read it again, maybe. I want, I want it to dawn on you here. I want, it, I want you to click. And every priest, okay, so the high priest, they had to go in and uh, make the sacrifices, right? And sometimes, sometimes they didn't come out because they were unholy themselves, right? And they, that's why they tied a, a rope around their ankle. So if they died in there, if they didn't come out for a while, they could pull them out. And so they kept dying, <laughs> and they kept having to get new high priests. But this is saying every high priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly over and over the same sacrifices, which could never take away sin. But Jesus, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, one sacrifice himself he took on all the sins of the world forever. He sat down. He doesn't have to stand ministering daily and offering sacrifices. He sat down because it's finished. It's finished. It's done. Your sin is gone. It cannot control you anymore. It cannot take a hold of you. You do not have an addiction <laughs> your sins are they're taken away they're covered they're not just covered they're they're taken away right they it's cleansed not just covered they didn't just cover it with some some blood of some some goats and rams when we're covered in the blood we're cleansed it's it's gone Ooh. And not only does it cleanse your sin and it takes away your sin, but it can cleanse your conscience, right? It can cleanse your conscience so that you don't have to serve God or you don't feel motivated to serve God out of dead works. Anybody, um, we're getting close to Christmas. Anybody ever heard of layaway? Anybody heard it? <laughs> Kmart used to have layaway for sure. <laughs> we got rid of, rid of Kmart. <laughs> but layaway is where you take 
you take, you know, a few dollars that you have and you say, hey, I want these gifts for my kids or my family, whatever, for myself, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you buy yourself Christmas gifts. That's all right. Um, but you take your gifts and you take them to the layaway counter and you say, hey, I have $50. Um, and they say, okay, here's like your payment plan. Like you're going to, you're going to, you have to pay all the way up until whatever, December 20th, whatever it is. You can't, we, we can't do layaway. He didn't put our salvation on layaway. <laughs> you don't have to do little works here and little works there to pay off your salvation or big works or, you know, big things. Actually, <laughs> it reminds me, has anybody ever heard of the sh- a show, I think, on NBC called The Good Place? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty funny show, actually. It's completely wrong, all right? So don't try to get your theology from TV. But it's pretty funny. It has to do with the good place, which is like heaven, and the bad place, right? But what was funny as um, spoilers, right? Eventually, that's fine. It'll be fine. You'll 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 like it anyway if you watch it. But <laughs> eventually, they realize, oh, the world has gotten so crazy that nobody is going to the good place anymore because they can't earn it. <laughs> Because even the the tomatoes you buy are you are picked by slaves or something you know something crazy child labor so everything is uh, points against you right so I just thought that was hilarious because I was like they're really making a case here you can't earn it by your works because even some something simple as going to the grocery store you could be supporting such and such thing right so you cannot earn. Your way to heaven, your way to salvation, your intimacy with the Lord. But he's already done it all for you. He sat down. And you know that it says that we are seated in heavenly places with him. And do you realize that Jesus was not only God, but a man? So he was not only our high priest, but he's a man sitting at the right hand of God. We are in partnership with him. Not only are he's our king and Lord, yes, don't get that mixed up, but we're in partnership with him. He's got a plan, you guys, and it's not just for us to do, do church, do earth, do some good stuff, go to heaven, hang out and sing. He's got purpose for everything he does. So you have to, you have to start thinking kingdom-minded, Because if you don't think kingdom-minded, you're going to get stuck here on earth (laughs) in these earthly mindsets that's just like, let me do this. Let me um, make myself happy. Let me go do this. Like, those are not bad things. God is not like, don't go look at Christmas lights or don't go, you know, don't watch a movie. Like, God cares about us, and he loves us, and he wants us to experience that. But at the same time, we have to be kingdom-minded, and the kingdom expands and is going to expand far beyond our earth, and I know this sounds really weird, right? It's a very strange thing to talk about because when this is all over, I mean, we know who wins, but he's going to have another purpose going on. Like, I don't think we're just going to stand around singing kumbaya for the rest of eternity. Do you guys think that? <laughs> I think God has purposes and plans, and I think that it's, I mean, I don't, need, I don't have a clue what they are. I'm not trying to tell you that some weird mumbo jumbo is going to happen. I'm just saying he's got a purpose and a plan, and we've got to trust that, right? I'm going to go back. Um, but he didn't put our salvation on layaway, so you cannot earn it. You cannot put little here, little there, and, oh, ooh, I'm so close. I'm so close, but then what happens? You have to you know, it, you just don't make it, right? No. <laughs> he finished it, and he sat down. And it, that is so good, right? Amen. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about, um, we talk about covenant. Man, I've just been jumping all over the place. I'm sorry. It's good, though. It's good. So I want to talk about sin consciousness, right? Because we kind of, we kind of, jumped into that just a little bit there, but when you're sin, when you focus on sin and you focus on not doing something, what do you think about all the time? 
doing it. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's like, <laughs> so that's, what's funny is, hold on, let me drink some water. I'm just, uh, I just gotta. What's funny is, when I was um, pregnant with McKenna, um, my midwife said like, hey, um, everything, all the sugar that you eat now, Carrie's going through this right now, so don't offer any sweets. Um, but all the sugar that you eat now is going to spike the baby's insulin, and it's going to put, um, like, sugar fat on the baby. So you're literally going to have just a sugar baby that has gotten fat off of sugar because of the insulin spikes. That's, like, in the last few weeks, trimester or something. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? I love sugar. I love bread. I love everything that is terrible for me. It's I need to work on it. Just pray for me. Uh, but... <laughs> But I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to not eat sugar? So I just decided just not to think about it. <laughs> I was like, I won't think about it, and I won't dwell on it, but I'll just, I, I was like, I'll just eat one sugar thing a day. So, like, I'll just do one. I know that's not good. Don't just do one cent, okay? But <laughs> it's not what I'm trying to say here. Don't just do one. This is my one cent for the day. No. <laughs> but what I'm saying is when I did, I decided not to dwell on it and to think about it and be like, how can I do this? How can I do this? It was much easier to say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that because I didn't think about it all the time and not doing it, right? Okay, so there's a birthday party. Uh, a guy wanted to, to do, um, he wanted to do a, uh, of example of grace and works, right, and, and sin consciousness, basically. And so he, he had some kids, his kids, and he said, okay, I'm going to throw you guys a birthday party. I'm going to throw you a big birthday party. And so all the kids came to the birthday party, and they're all gathered around. He, gather, he gathers them all around, and he's like, all right, kids, we're so glad that you're here today. Um, there's, today we have ice cream and cake, we have an inflatable, and we have a clown, and we have um, the, the game truck out front, and we've got laser tag. Okay, but this, I have one rule, one rule, don't spit in the flower beds, okay? Like, you can have so much fun, we're gonna have like, we're gonna have a blast, you guys can do anything you want, but don't spit in the flower beds, okay? Like, don't spit in the flower beds, don't do it. Okay, so he leaves. <laughs> He leaves and goes inside, and he's looking behind, uh, looking out of his window, out of the curtain. And he said, not only did every child spit in the flower bed, but some of them, most of them, spat twice. <laughs> and even his own kids who knew what he was doing spat in the flower bed. And so his, his conclusion was, if we constantly focus on sin and what we're, what we're not doing and what we shouldn't do and, and <laughs> I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do this and I'm thinking about this and you're going you're, you're gonna to end up doing it because you're thinking about it all the time. And that's such an important thing in, in our just lives as, as uh, disciples, as followers of Jesus, thinking our thought life and our thinking upon him, right? Anybody agree? All right, cool. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm, really, I'm really very adamant about this because I think that it really affects your whole life. Um, so first, uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. And it says, We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. And we capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bows in the obedience to the anointed one. And so we capture. So sometimes you're going to have to, you're going to get a thought, whether it's a small thought, like, oh, I, I need to lie or be manipulative here. Or if it's a big thought, like, I really don't want to live anymore. You have to capture every thought and make it insist Capture it like a prisoner of war and insist that it bow in the obedience of Jesus Christ. And you can even say that out loud. If you, need, if you need to say that out loud, you say that out loud. You say it out loud because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear yourself say it, it's going to cause something to rise up in you. Our spirit is here, you guys. You have a spirit, right? Did you know that? You are a spirit. Sorry. Yes, I know. You are a spirit. 
You live in a body, and you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so with that, let's go back to (laughs) grace anchoring you, grace anchoring your soul. So when when we read in Hebrews 6, it talks about this anchor, we, this hope we have, this hope of the new covenant, which we have it now, right? So we have as an anchor to our soul, of our soul. And so I, I think it's interesting that the Lord used the word soul there because he knows that we have a mind, a will, and emotions that go crazy, And they like to lie to us. And they like to say, hey, this is the truth right here when you know that's not the truth right there. Or maybe you don't know, but you need to know. You need to get in the word and find out what the truth is of the word of God. Because you can only take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus if you know what what he's asking you to do. You can only be obedient if you know. You can't... (laughs) If your kids, if they get in trouble for something you never told them not to do, I mean, of course, if it's something crazy that they already know, because we all have consciousnesses inside of us, right? We have a, uh, oh, we know that's right, and oh, we know that's wrong. You know, we know it's not okay to just lie and be manipulative or be ugly or just be unkind, right? (laughs) Those are just things that you know. That's just like you don't do that, right? And so... We have this hope as an anchor to our soul. So grace has to, we have to go back to grace. We can't let anything else be our anchor. And so I'm going to call you some, some of you, I don't know, not personally, but <laughs> your job cannot be your anchor. I know that some people, they, they work their whole life and they finally get the job that they dreamed of, but your job cannot be your anchor. It cannot be your identity. <laughs> Sorry. Your spouse, your marriage cannot be your identity. It cannot be your anchor. It's not going to keep you, hold you steady when the storms of life come. I mean, you might have a great spouse. You might have an amazing spouse. They might, you know, help. They might help you, but they're not going to hold you steady like the Lord, like grace is. His grace is going to hold you and anchor you. And what is an anchor, right? It's, y'all know the anchor is like a thing you throw out of the boat, a thing. A large object you show, throw out of a boat or a ship. Um, I knew you were waiting for the ship part. <laughs> and it has to be large and weighty enough to, to anchor, to hold that ship in place or that boat, Right? And so the Lord's saying, I am going to be your anchor. My grace is sufficient, and I'm going to be your anchor. You have to anchor to me. Because your spouse cannot be your anchor. Sorry. Your home or your house cannot be your anchor just because you own a home. Your bank account cannot be your anchor because you have... uh, this plus this much money, you know, you have this plus a savings account of this. None of that can be your anchor. A girlfriend or boyfriend cannot be your anchor. Your school cannot be your anchor. Whatever it is, sometimes we latch on to relationships or we latch on to people or we latch on to um, just things like Social media, cars, um, there's so many things that we kind of just gravitate to and say, oh, if I could do this really well, or if I could get this many followers, or if I could have a good relationship with this person, or even your family. Your family cannot be your anchor. Even if you have a bad family life and you're said, oh, well, if this could happen, like that, that would make me, that would, that would anchor me, right? The Lord, his grace has to be your anchor. In all seasons of life, that has to be what anchors you. Because if it's not, you're going to be tossed to and fro. Maybe, some of the, maybe your spouse is a buoy, but they're not an anchor. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to survive, but they're not an anchor. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> right? And so if we go back to Hebrews 6, we're talking about in 6.17, God determining to show more abundantly. He wanted to show us more. He wanted to multiply us and bless us 
not just Abraham. He's talking about us. And he, and he um, not just the Israelites, but he, 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 uh, he said, Gentiles, you can do it too. You can have this too. He wanted it for us as well. And so show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. And who is the heirs of his promise? Is it us? Romans 4, 13 through 14 says, So for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So whoever believes upon him is the heir to the promise. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ, right? And we don't need any more high priests. We don't need any man or woman of God. I mean, of course, pastors are great. I'm not telling you. I'm not. I'm not. It's not good to listen or go to church or ask for counsel. But you have a direct connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a direct connection. You have a covenant with Him directly. The. That I'm not making my, any sacrifices for you. I'm not going into the temple daily. Jesus has already done that, and he sat down. And you have a covenant with him now. You have an agreement. And we have grace through that covenant, right? I don't know if I can keep going for much longer, you know. <laughs> we have a fourth week, Pastor. But because we are covered, not just covered, cleansed by his blood, by his sacrifice, by his, that our high priest forever, now he is the mediator of our new covenant. And the new covenant is incredible. We don't have 500,000 laws to follow. Um, we know the difference between right and wrong in here, don't we, <laughs> most of the time? And if we don't, we go to the Word, and we find out, and we go to godly counsel, and we find out, and we go to God himself because we have a covenant with him, and we can hear him, and he, he listens to us, and he responds to us. He is real and living, and he is our high priest. And I want you guys to understand this because we have been forgiven much, we have, the sins have been taken away, and he wants intimacy with you. And I, I know that there might be a lot of you who are like, Lord, like, speak to me, give me dreams, give me visions, let me prophesy, let me do this and that. And, and those are all great things, like Paul said, you know, that I've, I want to prophesy more than anything, but... You have to have intimacy with the Lord for those things to flow out of. And I think that's where we get it. We kind of get messed up sometimes. We're, we're, um, we forget about the intimacy. We get busy in the hustle and bustle of life and trying to provide for our family. When the Lord said, I'm your provider, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't work. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't go quit your job because the Lord's your provider. <laughs> But he is your provider, and your trust and your heart has to be his. Your heart has to be his, and you have to trust and lean upon him. Dead works, that's not what's going to make it. That's not what we're making. That's not how we're making it to heaven. hope you guys know that by now. <laughs> I've reiterated that a lot. But a dead work, <laughs> I'm going to give you a definition, is a work not initiated by God, or a work trying to earn, any work trying to earn the favor of God. And so I, I thought it was interesting that this definition that a dead work is a work not initiated by God as well. Because sometimes we try to be the Lord's hands and feet, which that's okay. I mean, I'm, I, I know the Lord wants us to partner with him. But I think sometimes we try to just do his job all on our own. <laughs> We're like, oh, I can go here and I can do this and I can go here and I can do this and I can go here and I can do this. And those are all great things. But did the Lord initiate that? Did the Lord, is the Lord working there and you partnered with him there? Is he calling you to that? 
Or is he calling you to your family? Or, I mean, we have, I mean, there's many, there's several, I don't know many, but there's several stories in this book, the Bible, about priests whose family went to shambles. And the Lord was like, what happened to your family? You were serving me, but what happened to your family? (laughs) The Lord cares about, he's so out of the box. So sometimes we, we think these things make sense to do, right? To do all these things for him. We're like, Lord, look, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And the Lord is like, hey, just be still. You're building, 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 building. But what about me? What about our relationship? What about, you haven't even asked me what, what I want you to do. Or what would be the best for you to do. The Lord is so gracious, you guys. This is why grace is here. There's no shame in any of this. I hope you know that. You might feel convicted like, ooh, that was me. I maybe need to check some things. (laughs) But there's no shame. So don't, like, don't look at yourself and be like, oh, I've been doing this. No. (laughs) The Lord just wants you to, like, lift your head up and talk to him. There's no shame in him. He's so, so gracious, and he, your grace, his grace, you're covered by grace, by his grace, his wonderful, wonderful grace. And a lot of times, people, we want people to change. I mean, I I think this goes for our family, our friends, um, when we're, like, in church, and they're not. We want people to change before they 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 even love God, right? Did you guys all change before you accepted Christ, before you love God? So if you're having any problems with changing, you need to go back to the source and get that intimacy back. Because if he gets your heart, then he can change your habits, right? In Philippians, this is what I was, uh, the Lord was talking to me about. Um, Philippians 2 Oh, man, come on, phone work. Don't you hate that? Oh, there it is. Philippians 2. Hold on, I'm going to find it. Keep saying 2. Well, uh, let's see. Hold on, I'm finding it. I didn't write it down. This is the problem. Do you guys ever do anything while you're, like, focusing? I just almost started humming because I hum when I focus. And I was like, that's weird. Everyone's looking at me. (laughs) Oh, maybe it's 20-something. Let's see. Maybe I got it from you. (laughs) Okay. I don't know where it's at. Andrew, where's the scripture that says um, that he works and wills? I missed it. Oh, I did miss it. Philippians 2, 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. And so if you feel like you're alone, like, oh, I can't do this by myself, you don't have to. The Lord already said you don't have to do it by yourself. I'm going to help you. I'm going to, I, I'm, the Holy Spirit is working within you to will and to do things for his good pleasure. But you have to receive that just like anything else. You have to ask him. You have to let him help you because he's not going to force you. He's not a forceful God. He's not, he's not somebody who's just like, he's not going to, you're not a puppet. He's not going to come in and make you do all the things that, you, that he wants you to do, right? So you have to let him, and it is God who works in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so I was looking at that scripture, and I was like, that's a good one, Yes. He can help us when we, when, we, when we feel like we can't do it, right? He can help us 
when we feel like, oh, uh, when we start to feel shame. No, the grace is covering you, and he is able to work in you to will and to do for his good pleasure, right? And so then I, um, I was reminded that a lot of times, I guess dead works and good works come with, like, pride. We want to prove ourselves. We want to prove ourselves to the Lord, but also to people, maybe the other people in our church, maybe our family. Oh, I'm going to prove I've changed. Which, that's great, but the Lord is going to work in you. And as you have intimacy with the Lord, he's going he's gonna to change you from the inside out if you let him. And so I just let's go back up to Philippians 2, 5. And it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. I like this scripture a lot. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore also, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. But if Jesus Christ was able to humble himself and say, hey, I'm going to take all the, all the shame and all the, all the sin of the world, and I'm going to come in the likeness of man, and I'm going to take all of your stuff, then we should be able to humble ourselves and have humility to just receive his grace. That's all he's asking you to do. It's simple. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to. And I think sometimes we strive and we strive and we strive. And we, like we, we put a cross upon ourselves. We, we take a cross upon our back and we walk every day. Oh, so what was me? I'm doing these things. But that's not what God asked you to do. And that's a dead work. If God didn't ask you to do it, it's a dead work. So you just have to receive that grace. That's all he's asking you to do, to receive that grace and to have a relationship with him. I mean, that's, that's what he ultimately wants. But if you, ne- if you never take your, your relationship further, he's still going to have grace for you because that's how good it is. That's how big it is. If this is all that you have right here, that's on you. You have to, just like, you know how, you know how when you have your friend and they didn't call you for a while and you're like, they haven't called me. And then you call them finally and they're like, well, you didn't call me. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's a two-way street. Okay. <laughs> so, it's, but it's on you. The Lord is not, he is running after you and he's going to try to do everything that he has, but he's already done it. He's done all this stuff for you. And it's in this book, this very heavy book right now. <laughs> It's in this book. He's done all of this for you. Salvation has paid for you. He has provision available for you. And all you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive it. He's not asking you to do things. And, uh, and I, there are things that he commands us to do as followers, right? And he, he asks us to do as followers, But that doesn't mean that if you don't do that, his grace is not still there and available for you. It's not a license to sin. But if you do sin, there it is. It's covering you. You guys, the rest of your Christian life is not perfection, which there are some perfectionists, I'm sure, in here. But it's not perfection, but it's transformation. And it's letting the grace of God and the word of God transform you. My dad always likes to say, Pastor Cameron, uh, that that song, I will build my life upon your love, should not be love. But I'm like, well, Dad, God is love. So we have a whole conversation about it. But he said, I will build my life upon your word. 
because it is a fear firm foundation. <laughs> and your grace, it's a firm foundation. He's never going to change. The immutability of his grace and his love, it cannot change towards you. And it's hard, it's a hard fact. Because our love is fickle and it changes and it's here and it's there and if if you vote this way, I don't like you anymore and if you if you uh, if you use this hashtag, I don't like you anymore, and we're going to not be friends. His love is unchanging. He's never going to do that to you. He don't care. He, he cares about things. But his grace is still there. And his, how he views you and how he sees you and how he loves you will never change. Yes, he cares about what you do. Yes, he cares about your life. He cares about where you're going, where you're headed, He cares about all the little things, but grace covers you. And so this is just a way you're going to have to dive deep into his grace and let his grace cover you and let his grace transform you and let it change the way you relate to him and relate to yourself and relate to others. I've been finding myself talking to Andrew a lot about grace lately. If he, if he gets upset, I'm like, well, you're going to have to give him grace because God gave him grace too. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> but don't we all need that reminder? It's hard, y'all. It's hard. You guys, why don't you stand? We're going to worship, and um, we're going to have our prayer partners down here. So if there's anything at all, anything at all that you guys need, if you want prayer related to grace, if you want salvation, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord and just say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed the mark, and I'm ready to step back into grace, you guys can come down and pray with one of our prayer partners. If there's something you need healing in your body, if you need provision for your family, if there's anything that you need today that you want someone to stand and agree with you with, you can come down here to the front, and they will be ready, ready to uh, to help you and to pray with you and agree with you.